Welcome back to the About Last Night podcast. I'm your host, Adam Ray. Thanks for being here. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you've had a good start to the week. Hope you enjoyed the Eric Griffin episode on Monday. And uh, hope you're hope you're happy. Hope you're finding ways to, uh, to get back into the swing of things as the country seemingly starts to put itself back together, right? Um, today's episode is a, uh, a special episode. It's a bonus episode. Uh, it's a replay of an episode uh, that Brad Williams and I did with uh, a very funny comic named Eric Myers, who uh, who tragically uh, died um, a couple weeks ago, um, and uh, rocked the comedy community, and uh, just awful. There's no other word to describe. Um, Losing uh, Eric Myers than just saying it sucks and it's uh, not fair. Death is always uh, tough to process, you know. I've had quite a bit of it in this past year and a half with family and friends and comics. Uh, friends from acting, I mean, man, it's uh, it's been heavy. And Eric is one of those guys that... Everybody loved, and it's the deeper you get into the entertainment business and the comedy business, you realize that that isn't consistent everywhere. That a lot of people, I did a show last night here in Hollywood, a great outdoor show called the Supernova Comedy Show, run by Mark Saratella, and it was awesome. It was a great lineup: Spade, Theo Vaughn, Santino, Melissa Villasenor, Jeff Ross. It was nice to feel some semblance of normalcy, the camaraderie that we get at the clubs, being in LA, and uh, it was awesome. And we all like each other, and and there is a, a strong sense of that. But Eric brought something different. He came from Florida to LA and took the comedy scene by storm. And that's something that is uh, really tough to do, to, to come to LA and make a splash right out of the gate is easier said than done. It's what you want when you're moving. Eric, you know, put in his time, uh, came to L.A. with a with a strong sense of who he was and his act and his voice and was nice to everyone and, you know, bided his time, got opportunities and took advantage, which is what you want to do. You want to be prepared for those opportunities. And he was and he crushed it and he was on every stage, uh, I feel like a month into being in L.A., passed at the Comedy Store, which is a huge deal, passed at all the clubs, got his name on the wall at the store, which was really special, um, and everyone was rooting for him because he was a good guy, and he was a good guy with obvious struggles that, uh, that, that people were there for uh, and, and got to see, uh, unfortunately. I remember a few times Eric posting on Facebook just how uh, depressed he was and how, or people would post, does anyone know where he is? And the response was just, uh, it was a a huge outpour of people trying to locate him or there for him or Eric, I'm coming over, I'm doing this. And he was just a special talent and a sweet, kind soul that everyone was rooting for. And again, that's rare. You know, I feel like, I know a lot of good people in this business, but the number of people on my that I could 
count or tell you that truly want the best for other people. It's it's tough to do that. It's tough to want want so much for yourself and then to to strip that away and truly wish the best for other people and want the best. It's another acquired skill set, just like anything else in this business, just like auditioning or getting comfy on stage, finding your voice as a comic. But Eric wanted that for everybody, and he wanted it for himself, rightfully so. And he fucking worked, man. And uh, the demons and the uh, addictive behaviors that he couldn't fight off, man, just got in his way. And uh, I don't want to speak for him, but I know he and I, the last time I saw him was he... uh, Opened for me in Tampa at the Improv about a year and a half ago, and just destroyed. I mean, I'm off, I'm off stage watching with the host, being like, "Dear God, how did he get funnier? How did I just saw him eight months ago, and he's fucking crushing even harder." And uh, and then he was so great, and then I get up there and I do my thing, and I'll be honest, the first show it was tough to follow him. He just ripped so hard, and and almost made the crowd tired after 25 minutes. And I went up to him and I was like, God damn it, Eric. I was like, you got to leave some meat on the bone next time. And he was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're great. You were great. You were so fucking, you're, come on. I'm not Adam Ray. I'm not, I'm not, okay. You're up there with movie career. I'm up there fighting for my life. You know, just, he just, you know, something, said something to make me feel good and be humble. And, uh, and he just was, he was great at that. And it's a real big bummer when people don't get to, live out their full potential. I feel like he, in the life he lived, uh, which was hard, you know, he lived uh, pedal to the metal on on both sides of the spectrum, I think, which is why I think he had such a, a tough time controlling his uh, his inner demons and, and the drinking and I don't know if there's other stuff involved. It's not my business, but I think that did play a role in, in what... Uh, where his his mind was, you know. I think he, when 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 I saw him in Tampa, he was clean and he was happy and he enjoyed being in Florida around family. Um, he was great pals with his his dad and sis, and you know his dad passed away two weeks prior to Eric dying. And I know, I've spoken to friends that that weighed heavy on him, as it should, man. My folks getting older, it it is uh, unsettling to to every time they call or they don't pick up you just you you your brain goes to the what happened with something bad is about to come my way news wise um and i think that really took a toll on eric i know that he was i believe on a bus he i think the night prior had been in a hotel room in florida and kind of fallen off the wagon uh and uh and was on a bus and I think was having kind of a meltdown and asked to get off and then was walking along the interstate in dark clothing in, in the middle of the night. And some people, you know, speculate, was he so, uh, you know, depressed and unhappy that he walked into the road or did he, you know, did he know what he was doing? Was he that out of it that he stumbled accidentally? No one will ever know. You know, I, uh, either outcome is, you know, awful. But I choose to remember the positive things about him and the joy that he brought this world, man. That's what I don't ever understand is someone that truly dedicates their life to wanting to make people smile and happy. Why they get their lives cut short. I don't understand that. You've got Republican 
And sure, Democrat senators, but fucking wake up and pay attention to the people that actually give a fuck about this country. Mitch McConnell is pushing 80, and that guy gives no fucks about anybody. And Eric Myers is dedicating his life every moment to trying to be silly and funny and give people an escape and give them something to be happy about. And 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 even when he wasn't at his happiest for himself, put that to the side to get on stage. And that is what's great about stand-up is it offers you an outlet that that uh, that not many have where you can right your wrong and turn your day around from getting on stage and putting your own shit to the side and be selfless and uh, and and you know give your gift to strangers. And it can suck you out of your rut, you know? And he did that a lot. He never projected his problems onto you. Again, we, we got to see them live in the flesh too many times or hear about them. And uh, ultimately, you know, I just think some people can't shake um, that negativity. And I know the business got to him of having the ups and downs that Hollywood provides, man. He came in here and made such a splash, and then, you know, it subsided a little, and then you just fall into the grind and the uh, the monotony of of now, hey, some cool things are going to happen, and then it's going to be stagnant for a little bit, and you got to create your own opportunities, your own good luck, and you got to fill your days and your time with uh, things that challenge and, and push you and, and being creative and setting goals, and, and I... Uh, I know he did that, and then I know it became too much at times too, and that's why he moved. and And he, it was happy when I last saw him, and that's what I hold on to. But he was a fucking beast on stage. Any comic, so many people were posting about that too. The guy you didn't want to follow. I, I would love if there was a documentary made on Eric Myers at some point. The Patrice O'Neill one I just watched was fantastic, and you know Eric wasn't as known as Patrice, but but. There's something about a guy like that that truly had his own shit that I think everyone can relate to. And again, put that aside to, for the sake of comedy and for the sake of wanting to make people feel good, even when he wasn't feeling good himself. And that is just, that's a special type of person. And, uh, and I'm going to miss him. And I know a lot of people are. And, uh, you know, all the love and prayers to his family. I know his sister and mom are having a tough time they lost dad and, and brother in in the same uh son and husband in the same month and that is uh i don't know how you deal with that but uh i wanted to to say all that and hopefully you guys listen to this and go look up eric myers on youtube he's got a couple specials on youtube he's got clips for days just a funny, kind guy, and I want that to be what he's remembered for, is that he was selfless and so humble and so kind. Kindness is underrated. As uh, as someone who's floating through life, you know, everyone has their own shit, and it's easy to let that affect the way you treat other people, and he never did. So rest in peace, Eric Myers. And uh, please enjoy this replay of the About Last Night podcast with myself and Brad Williams interviewing the great and hilarious Eric Myers. 
so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a Jew, so why don't you sit down and listen to a no podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Uh, I apologize. Wait, you just yeah, that's right. When you told me you got because we were texting you today on the phone, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, like Are we all ran out. Fifteen minutes later, <laughs> fifteen minutes later, you texted me. Oh. I can't hear it on my hear- earphones. That's because you didn't turn the button on. I didn't yeah. turn the button on. Okay, <laughs> oh, uh, you did just get a computer a day ago. I didn't, dude. When I got sober, I had I bought a phone from um, Walgreens on Sunset and Vine. Quick little shout out to Walgreens. And yeah, right. The, uh, the phone was like the phone was twenty dollars, and you could buy like thirty minutes was like twenty bucks, and thirty or three hundred minutes. Okay. And three hundred minutes goes in like two phone calls because I call my dad and he'd be like, "Well, your mother for breakfast." I'm like, "Dad, I'm paying for this fucking let's let's can we cuss on here?" Yeah. I'm like, "Dad, I, your mom's breakfast just ate up half my that, that was my phone call was for it the a month." Good breakfast was it worthy of a? It was you know it was like cereal and milk standard breakfast. All right. The older people get, the more they just have to tell you what they ate. Like they go to a restaurant, it's like an epic saga. Aunt Marie had this had the clam chowder as if like you've never heard of these foods yeah. before. I'm too. like, I know what shrimp scampi is. This was 20 minutes. Of conversation. My aunt is uh, pushing 80, and oh she uh, loves to tell me about new creams and pills she <laughs> finds. As if I'm also I guess that's 80 the next stage. and need these recommendations. Have you like, heard of this thing called Preparation H? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but like, that's that's like small fries. To, like, she's like, you know, when you've got this pain in your elbow and it goes all the way down to the left side of your butt cheek where your hip and your butt connect? I'm like, like no. No. And she's like, well, I found a cream <laughs> that makes your elbow feel better than your butt. I'm like, is that even something I need to be concerned about? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 30s, I don't yeah. have to do this yet. I guess. I, I feel like I feel, you know how young people are competitive. I feel like old people are competitive, but like with their ailments. Because I, my, <laughs> my parents live in a fifty-five and over community, and it's like they yeah. try to trump each other or whoever's the worst ailment. Like my back hurts, my back and my feet hurt. You, you fucking pussy. My back, my feet, my ears. Oh yeah, well I'm gonna die yeah. probably tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dead right now. Yeah, I can't. my everything hurts. My everything hurts. My That's everything. how you win. That's the fucking draw four in Uno. My everything hurts. My everything hurts. It's like it's how old pe- old people get attention and sympathy. Yeah, because yeah. they get the more also the more problems they have, the more the uh, assisted living or wait, whatever the nurses are coming in, and the more attention you're getting. So the more they're making, well, right, because their kids aren't visiting them anymore. So they oh, have, oh boy, it just got Jesus. real. Dude, Take it down a notch. <laughs> My nana was in an assisted living, and she, her medicine cabinet looked like Johnny Depp's suitcase in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> She had every fucking pill. I mean, visual. Xanax of like like ten milligrams. I I used to, look. I'm a recovering addict. I used to take a point five Xanax and be uh-huh. flat on my ass. And I'm like, yeah. Nana, you're taking like five milligrams Xanax. She's like, those things? <laughs> yeah, I take them before. Been taking them for fifty years. I eat them like, like Skittles. Candy. Like, she ate them like Skittles, yeah. dude. <laughs> like I would talk. Nana would be having a great conversation. That right. she would pot. Like she would take this little cocktail of pills and look over. And Nana's just like staring at the wall, like fucking smiling, drooling. And I'm like, Nana. She's like. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> like you invited me, bitch. I'm smoking these pills, motherfucker. I'm like, holy what? shit. Damn, she's a pro. Nana was gangst. Actually, the villages in Florida, this 55 and over retirement community, has the highest syphilis outbreak. <laughs> 
Because they can't get pregnant. They're not on their period. I mean, right. I mean and they're just fucking. So they're just fucking. And 55 Wait is not that old. I mean, <laughs> no. I'm th- that's, that's, that's 20 years. Look, yeah. my, I, my grandparents, before they both passed away, I fucked we were, a lot. What? Well, <laughs> I've heard I mean, stories, they right? Did, they didn't not. Many stories. They did. I'm just kidding. I'm going to throw it you off. You read their, their blogs? <laughs> Prunes and Pussy? So they, they, they didn't. I subscribed to their website. Good for you. Well, you were one of seven people. They. I had six accounts. That, <laughs> they would. They would. I heard them once. Like, oh. they were in their 70s. But also, well, let me tell you this. Oh. I was bummed out, obviously, because I will never not hear that noise. <laughs> And on a sick on a sick level, it makes me go, "Oh, I miss Grandma and Grandpa," yeah, <laughs> because I'm listening to their fuck sounds in my head. But but also, I was like, "That's crazy that they are," because also at that uh, age too, when I, I think it was like you know I was 24, 25, whole, I didn't yeah. know. In my head at that point, I was like, "Oh, you reach like seventy, and you just don't want to do it anymore." Right. So the fact that that was my introduction to. Oh, you still can? Like, still can? Physically, still even. You know? Man, that, so, like, for them, the the lyrics to my neck, my back is a whole different thing. It's like, that hurts. How dare <laughs> you? That hurts. How dare you? What hurts? My neck, my back, my pussy, and my feet. What? Like, Damn, no, that I'm tearing no, no, it up. No. It all doesn't my, function. My, my back. Ow, my hip, my hip. My, ow. Ow. No, seriously, down. my hip. Get my hip and my back. My hip and my back. They both hurt. Yeah. My hip and my back. Yeah, yeah. Are you singing? What was that lady's name? Was that her only song? I don't know. What you was th- her name? Uh, little Kim. Little no, it was little uh, something. It was little uh, little pussy. I don't know. Little Jesus pussy. Christ. Little pussy. Might as well be though. With the amount of artists like in the songs that get popular and what their names actually are. Yeah. Like, I mean, Jay Z. He's only. We only think that's a cool name because we like his music. Right. Sure. That's my whole thing about bands. Like, you can name it something. Fu- if your music's good, it doesn't matter. If U2 was called Me 3, nobody would give two shits. If the Beatles were the Beaners, you would have been like, well, that's fucking, that's kind of racist, guys, but your music's incredible. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, but you can, I'm, the, I'm the Walrus. This is an incredible song. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You can name yourself. Well, sure. Cause like, what would you, like, what would you name yourself if you were a, well, I would want you to be a rapper. If I had to Obviously. pick what Brad did musically, mm-hmm. I would want, so what would your oh rapper name be? Oh, God. Too short. Uh, <laughs> It's taken, it's son taken. of a bitch. I had to. Uh, yeah. I would have to be ankle punch. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Can I be honest? I'd buy two of your CDs. <laughs> Yo, man, this is MC Ankle Punch. Yeah. Coming at you from Fullerton, California. Hey. That's right. OC, motherfucker. Yeah. We, have, we have to deal with traffic on the 57 freeway. You don't know what thug life is. AP. You'd have hats that said AP on them. <laughs> AP. <laughs> Little Brad. What would you be, Eric? Me? Yeah. I'd be um, white chocolate. <laughs> yogurt yogurt covered raisin. Yogurt covered raisin. I can yogurt get covered raisin. Oh, that would be your single. Fro-yo. Fro- Fro-yo in this bitch. <laughs> toppins, toppins, toppins. I don't even know what I mean. That's toppins. all it is. Toppins, toppins, toppins. Toppins, toppins I want. I ain't no bit. Captain Crunch. Dude, at every concert, Crunch, you throw bitch. a different topping on the audience. I do. I eat cl- I, that's, that's my hit song. I eat toppings with gluten. Because I don't give a fruitin'. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. I eat toppings with gluten. Cause I don't like fruitin' my yo fro yo, so fro yo this dick. I put fro yo on that neck, my back, my dick and my crack. Where's Hollywood? Sign me up. Oh Sign me. Take up. all my money. Fro yo this dick would be your catchphrase <laughs> on the dick. sitcom spinoff for that rap career. <laughs> for toppings, why don't you have this? Fro yo fro yo this dick is your getter done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd be MC Pinkberry. <laughs> they should have like a hipster vegan rapper, just like the biggest <laughs> pussy. 
I live in like Los Feliz, yeah, yeah. and I, I was like driving a Prius. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I try to act poor, but I can afford a MacBook Pro. <laughs> it's like three thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. What? We, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say we definitely live in the city of that. I I, I uh, saw I saw a guy with a monocle. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who invented the monocle? You, Why don't you, you have both glasses? Were, were you at some sort of Monopoly dress-up party? <laughs> Is it Mr. Peanut? I wish I was there. Mr. That, Peanut? Yeah, that nice. would be the only time that would ever make sense. That's the only time you're ever allowed to wear, um, if you're looking like Mr. Peanut. If you're about to try to take over the world. Y- you yes. have to be an evil villain, yeah. a criminal genius. Well, I mean, he lived yeah. in Silver Lake, so maybe. Possibly. Uh, but yeah, possibly. he was looking to, to buy every book at the bookstore. <laughs> I was just going out to lunch, yeah. and this guy in his 30s, it's like, do you have glaucoma in one eye? <laughs> no. You don't have, no. He's got, he's got a monocle. Do you generally get upset when you see that stuff? Yes, I do. Where nice. do you get a monocle? Well, I don't even know where, like, okay. And he's the first one. Now every asshole That's at every coffee shop I think is going to have a monocle. If he's one of the cooler hipsters, he'll set the trend for sure. I think if you ever order a monocle from a store, zip ties. They just call in the cops. They arrest you at that very moment because you're, you're doing some other sh- shady shit. I just don't like everyone else, like, trying, like, oh, man, like, I'm just wearing a monocle because I'm trying to be different. It's like, I was born a midget. I am different. I couldn't help it. Right. I didn't pick this. I'm not yeah. trying to be a hipster thing. Yeah. It's like, nah, <laughs> I, I was five foot eight, but I wanted to get chicks, so yeah. uh, I started this whole midget trend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett's an ironic midget. <laughs> he doesn't... You didn't have to be cool. Yeah, Dinklage <laughs> copied me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't get hipsters because they grow ironic mustaches, which I don't know if they know what irony means, but yeah. you're, the whole thing about hipsters is you're trying not to be cool right. by by conforming to what is cool. Right. Like, like you're like, oh, this mustache, is, it's, I'm growing it because it's not cool, you know, because Burt Reynolds had one. But I'm like, it is yeah, cool now. There's too so many it's layers. Not ironic. There's too many layers. Yeah. Just have a mustache or don't have a mustache. But you go to Urban Outfitters, everything's throwback. Oh, we have all, all this technology. But I'm like, well, you, what are you going to have, like powdered wigs and slaves and like horse-drawn <laughs> okay. characters? Okay. Hey, our guest, is, our guest went, has been Eric Myers. Thanks hey, so much hey, for coming by I'm the not podcast. advocating slavery. Yeah, yeah, I'm just no. saying. Powdered donuts it's and the slaves. Cool what did you say? Powdered what? Powdered wigs. Powdered wigs. Powdered donuts and By the way, powdered donuts and slaves. my little Debbie snacks. No, no. Next hottest single from from fucking Froyo. Powdered wigs and slaves. Django one chain. Bring me my hair piece and my and. I thought it was was powdered donuts and slaves. Pat, they're not a hipster. Powdered donuts. (laughs) That's why it was funny. Powdered wigs and slaves. You're right. The ultimate throwback jersey. Uh, I would love to. That would be an insane thing if like the (laughs) NBA had like throwback night, and for throwback night, just none of the black players could play. Nice. <laughs> That's so funny. I Throw can't. back. How far back are they going? Well, I mean, you know, like ni- like the 1950s and 60s. They're like, it's throwback night. It's like, no, we don't want throwback yeah. no, no. night. We, we don't want, want throwback dunking. night. That means we're, we're not here. Yeah, exactly. We Where's your exciting. girlfriend? She's at home <laughs> in a miserable, oh, God. <laughs> loveless marriage. She can't leave because she doesn't have any money. <laughs> Rebecca account, fucker. <laughs> what, uh, what was life in Florida like, Eric? It was a. You grew up in what part? What part? Have you of ever Florida? had someone shit on your face? Oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't like to talk about it. Well, Brad, you know. Yeah, this one. I've the, read your tweets. This one time <laughs> in Germany. <laughs> this one time in Germany. He. It was the first time he paid for it. Oh sure. Now, Eric, what what part of Florida did you grow up in? I did not grow up in Florida. I from Columbia, We're, Maryland, right, and Maryland. I moved to Florida about eight years ago, and then I moved to LA about two and a half years ago. But that's I lived right. in Orlando. I, I I lived in Orlando for the bulk of the time. I lived in Tampa for that's a brief right. period. I was couch surfing. 
But how? Various... Okay, so so growing up in Maryland, that was from what age to what age? Uh, I was seven till about twenty-seven. Okay, so prime years to find the funny bug. Prime years, yeah. Do you remember the moment that you? Like was it what something you saw or something you did and mm-hmm. you and you witnessed a response that was like oh shit like yeah okay yeah I always wanted to be a comic and uh, about 1986 I was six years old my parents were across the street playing poker with our neighbors the Nevs and HBO was on and I walked downstairs and Bill Hicks was on HBO and I sat down on the couch and he had a black cowboy hat dressed in all black black I remember that coat. special right and he came I, out with flames behind mm-hmm. him yes he did oh that was the best and I sat there and I said. What is this? And it was like magic to me. And to this day, it still is. And, yeah. and I went to the school the next day, and I was around the lunch table, and I, I, Reciting everything. I did all his jokes. By the way, so you absorbed everything in your first uh, attempt at just watching it. I, I, I don't I mean, know about everything, but butch- several jokes You probably butchered every bit, but you... A six-year-old doing Bill Hicks. Yeah, like, that's ridiculous. Bill Hicks isn't simple comedy. I, I, I was probably ten. Maybe it was later. Like, yeah, I probably... You know what? I don't think I was six. I was probably a little bit older. So yeah. what were the kids at the lunch? I mean, what were they... They were in hilarious. No, they were in hysterics. Th- let's be honest. Very few kids know what stand-up is. So if you're... Well, I remember the bit, and it wasn't anything you had to think about, but Bill Hicks had a bit about how sexualized uh, commercials were. So he's like, mm-hmm. he's got, I have an idea for a commercial, and it basically was like, pull out, and you see a naked woman, spread eagle, you know, fingers in her cooch, and she just mm-hmm. goes, Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, God damn, I want a Snickers. <laughs> And that was what I said to the kids. I'm like, "Hey, they should do these." Com-. And I, just, I didn't give Bill Hicks credit. I kind of got made up. Of I course. Said, I said, "Man, you know what? I, you know what they should have for a commercial? Just a naked chick, finger a coochie, Snickers. I'd buy that Snickers." And all the kids are like, "He's that coochie? Hey, Snickers!" And so they loved Dude, it. That's amazing. And then in second grade, before after this, I had a pound puppy. And we had show show and tell, and I went up with the pound puppy, and I did uh, it's the voice. Bill Hicks snicker coochie. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't do the Bill Hicks bit. I was just doing bits with the pound puppy, and yeah. everybody's laughing and clapping. And then afterwards, this girl Jessica Ennis went up, and she tried to make jokes, and some kid goes, "Bring Eric back!" Whoa! So fuck wow. you, Jessica Ennis. <laughs> in your trailer park, no, getting getting heckled in the you couldn't follow grade. me then. You can't follow me now. That's... Even then, no one can follow me. So that was like your first. Taste of a curtain call. That was my first taste of a curtain call, and oh, then shit. That's I was awesome. I was always funny, but I was always weird. But I always wanted to be a comedian. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid. What? Uh, why, why? I mean, just because it's the fucking. It was every everything. I saw Sam Kinison. I saw those guys, and everything I wasn't in real life was that on that stage. It's it was like, sexy. It was powerful. Yeah, you were in like, control. It's like becoming a superhero. Making people laugh, being on that crowd and making people laugh was just, it was like, this is magic. Uh, and you so would make cool. your, so, you, so you, you, once you got that going with the kids at school, mm-hmm. it was, at what point do you transition from uh, doing other people's bits to go, to starting to find, I mean, obviously it takes a while to find your voice. So as a kid, but you still have, like, what's funny to you as a kid. So, like, when do you start going, like, was it, like, for me, it was, like, impressions of uh, other kids and teachers that, like, made kids laugh. So, like, when would you go away from Bill Hicks stuff and start doing some Eric Myers original shit? Right? I did Eric Myers original shit. Um, we were at the lunch table, and they had the trash can, and they had the milk cartons. And they said, here's where you throw the milk cartons. They had the chocolate milk, the, the blue Mm-hmm. Low fat, two percent milk, and the red. And I'm like, why the fuck do they need to show us? What? Oh, we don't know what chocolate milk looks like. Oh, is it the brown carton? <laughs> the brown one's chocolate, and the kids are laughing. You're doing 
chocolate milk bits. And I, that's so that's perfect. That's so funny, though, because no kid. Like, no kid did them. And I'd make yeah. fun of our teachers. I would make fun of the school. I had routines. Even then, I didn't know what routines are, but I had certain things to make people laugh. Like, <laughs> we had a certain teacher that had pit stains. And I was like, and I would make fun of him. And I would yeah. make fun By of By the way, chocolate. that's ballsy. Because every kid secretly and silently makes fun of the teachers. Oh, absolutely. But not ever, and rarely at school, usually at recess because yeah. you're so far away from the classroom. Right. So to do it to their face, dude, mm-hmm. you're a god. I didn't do it to the teacher's face. Okay. Oh, I did shit. it to the kids at the lunch table. All right, well, okay. But I would talk about how bad, I would, I would always have crushes on girls and I wouldn't have the courage to talk to them or I would just ask them out. It was like always horrible shit happened to me with girls and I would tell my dorky friends and they thought it was hilarious and it made me feel better. It gave me mm-hmm. a sense of power that I'm making fun of how bad. So all this bad stuff was happening to me, and I would make jokes about it. But all my friends were funny. I mean, jeez, yeah. Do you remember everybody was funny in school? You know, like Picasso said, he's like, every child's an artist. The trick is staying an artist when you grow up. Right. But like in school, everything was hilarious. Everything was yeah. a fucking oh, bit. Oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, you're experiencing everything for the first time. Right, so, right. Like, like you were saying earlier, do, doing the Bill Hicks stuff, it's like, it's like he said coochie, holy shit. Like, right. it's, it's just like the funniest thing you've, you've ever heard <laughs> in your funny, life. still funny, by the way. Right. Yeah. It's still, got, it's still yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, there, there, there was one kid in my, kin- in my kindergarten class where every day at some point, during the day, he would just run up in front of the class and go, pee-pee, and then just run, <laughs> then just run back and sit it. down. God damn it. I wanted not to laugh at that because I go, all right, man, you're past that. But the way the act out that Brad just did. Pee-pee. I, <laughs> There's nothing funnier than penises, and there never will be anything funny. Oh, dude, I they're laughed at that sex the talk. They're so, always funny. Yeah. Yes. Penis so, jokes. And we'll, and we'll, so, like, and we laughed every day, and he would, like, plan it out. Like, okay, this could be my moment. Like, to, like, He was strategic today, with his pee-pee delivery. Oh, and, 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 and like, one time he, one time he did it during a fire drill. He was innovative. Yikes. Yeah. So, By the way, that's to, to cut through that amount of chaos. Sure. Did. Because, he like, did. there's teachers, it's pandemonium. Like, yeah. they need to keep all the classes in line. And this kid's just like, yeah, well, speaking of keeping things in line. Yeah. And, 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 I, and, and I still laugh. And I remember the, t- the teacher, like, punished him so many times and then like that was the first time uh i knew about dealing with censorship because like <laughs> the entire class was like rising up like no freedom of speech <laughs> like he can do whatever yeah and right. so like the the uh pee joke never died which might be the name of my first book there <laughs> there's a Your memoirs one of my best friends was a vice principal of an elementary school for three years right and yeah. he told me he would tell me all these great stories all the time and uh one uh, assembly, right? All, where every you know kid in the school is uh, K through six, and this uh, you know having a big. I think it was like a, a concert, like and um, the orchestra and the band, and some kid who was known for being kind of a jokester um, stood up, took his dick out, and went. <laughs> and if you can't see what I'm doing, obviously he just basically flailed his body around mm-hmm. and flopped his the, the little helicopter dick around yeah. as much as it could flop. At All that, right, well, at maybe it's not the helicopter if it's yeah, nine You're being old, very but... generous with that <laughs> description. He was black. Yeah, yeah. And so he was. And so uh, so then I go, I, I, start, I immediately start laughing. I go, Chris, that's like so funny. And he's laughing telling me this. Yeah. And he goes, uh, I go, has this kid done it before? He goes, oh, man, yes. He goes, apparently he would do it in like bathrooms. Like he would walk uh, in while kids are peeing or washing their hands, take it out and go, Aah! and everyone would laugh. And I go, okay, well, he just needed a bigger audience. <laughs> this kid's a fucking natural performer. He was doing open mics, and he saw an opportunity to take the stage at Carnegie Hall and fucking said, my dick is not staying in my pants. 
So now, then my buddy has to reprimand the kid. He goes, I, I go, what'd you do? He goes, I go, to. obviously he hated to get in trouble. He goes, yeah, man, obviously. He goes, as funny as it was, he goes, all the teachers <laughs> laughed. He goes, because we're fucking human beings, dude. Right. The teachers laughed. A kid, <laughs> taking, a kid taking a dick out is not planned, all right? There's never any discussion like, what happens when Robbie takes his cock out? No, man, it <laughs> just happened. We have a three. three. <laughs> we have a system. All right, after they do Beethoven second, Robbie's going to pull his fucking tiny helicopter penis out. Robbie, you pull your cock out. We go right into uh, Beethoven's third. <laughs> then we do finger painting. We do. So then he sits the dad. The dad comes in. He has to bring the dad in the next day and or that day and go uh, and tell him. And he said the dad comes in and goes. So uh, so what happened? Why is he Why is he in trouble? He's like my buddy's like trying to by the way fight through laughter, describing like because sure, he goes he goes hey man well you gotta he be, you gotta be goes, an adult yeah he goes it was the assembly and um, and we're all we're sitting there waiting for the concert to begin and uh, let's say again his name is Robbie and he goes Robbie stood up. Um, and took his um, penis, to, you know, and then he told me too that he was trying to decide how, what label to give a child sure. genital. Like he goes, should I say? You want to say his junk? Yeah, yeah. You want to say this nine-year-old took his fucking cock out? No, he's like <laughs> he, he took his cock out. <laughs> you don't say that to a parent. He took his pee pee. Yeah, pee pee. He might have said pee pee. That's what we needed. The pee pee. No, yeah, and he yeah, just said wiener. Pee-pee. I think he said wiener, and that makes sense. But that <laughs> just. But then he also told me he goes, I didn't want to say wiener because it was gonna make me laugh harder. And I was like, yeah, that's why we're friends. So then God. he goes. He goes. Uh, he took out his tweener, and uh, and and he goes, and he and he went, and he flailed it around, and the dad goes, "What do you mean?" So then my buddy goes, "I had to oh, go, you know, oh, uh, what I just did, just like a dick flail." <laughs> so so what do you mean? <laughs> what exactly did he do with it? Which, by the way, yes. Yeah, so well, I mean, because everyone knows that "take your wiener out" is slang for "right good cursive." Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? So then he goes, he flailed it Can around. Can you be more specific? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In which direction, north or south? So then he flailed it around. It was southeast. And then he goes, and then he goes, and he was went, Ugh, and then sat back down. And then the dad goes, "Did anybody get hurt?" And my buddy goes, "I mean, several students are now blind. I mean, emotionally scarred, right?" Yeah. So then my buddy was like, "Well, no, but like you can't do that." And the dad was like, "I don't know what the problem is. If nobody got hurt, that's hilarious." The dad said that. Yeah. Well, now we know why Robbie's pulling his penis out. His dad is encouraging it. Yeah, sure. probably, right? I mean, My I, dad would have killed me. I mean, I get that as a parent, you're always like defending your kid or whatever, but did he honestly think that, like, well, I mean, if he wants to take his dick well, out, let me ask you guys, as comedians, what would, if you found out your son did oh, that and God. got a lot? Because my buddy also, I go, I mean, my first question as a comic, I go, did he crush? Like, did, the bit, did the bit crush? That did he get laughs? Did he goes, bomb? dude, there was obviously only sections of people could see it. He goes, but the like surrounding area like lost their shit. Obviously, he was like a lot of kids were also like, what the fuck? But sure. He goes, a lot of people like were dying laughing. Even like young girls were just like so like. This is so crazy. They were laughing, you know. Right, right, it's right. It's funny. Yeah. But I, but I think obviously as a parent, you have to, you just have to, because that's like, if you encourage that, then it's yeah. like they for sure. I don't know. Like I, I, I guess as a, like as a, as a dad, but then also as a comic, I'd have to be like, okay, yeah. Well, you laugh with your buddies and the uh, yeah, fellow dads. It's like, all right, you good. Don't open with that. Good intention. <laughs> but yeah, I understand <laughs> that you saw the opportunity for a big laugh. Yeah. But also, guess what? And here's what's great about comedy. You can keep your dick in your pants and still get big laughs if you want to. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's debatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depends, that's on debatable. If who's, depends on if they're taking the Brad Williams comedy class or not. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's, that's how much you pay for a shit. And so, uh, but but at, what, at what age does that stop being cute and funny and become like, I, I think little Robbie is a uh, child molester? You know I, what I, mean? yeah. I think once you get into double digits. <laughs> 
<laughs> if I pulled my dick out now, I was like, ah! Yeah. Like, Eric? Yeah, that would be the end of the it's podcast. Funny. And I would move just to get away from well, the idea of your dick being out of my this apartment. Table. Well, you don't appreciate art. Now, wait. Now, would you... <laughs> if you pulled your by dick way, out and no one laughed, that had to really be a... Art is the name of his penis, actually. Yeah, yeah, you know. Arthur. For, <laughs> I call it Art for short. What would your... No, you said your dad would lose your mind. So when My you dad would have up, fucking lost his shit. Your folks, how supportive were they in your uh, comedic endeavors? Like my when, dad when told start, me, yeah. Sorry, um, my dad they probably also had to throw you, like the Bill Hicks, when you saw it, and then you probably <laughs> asked him about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, no, I, I didn't ask him about okay. it. My dad was always really, really funny, and he always really liked comedy. And uh, my sister was always funny, and um, my dad was like really animated and shit. So like, I always wanted to be a comedian. Yeah, and I told my dad I wanted to be a comedian. He's like, you got to go to college, and I was like, I don't want to go to college. I want to be a comedian. I never tried. I never gave a fuck because I knew I'd be a comedian. Wow. And uh, I just always knew I was going to be a comedian. I was obsessed with comedy. Jesus. Obsessed with comedy. Okay. And this was before the internet, so I would read about Andy Kaufman and like the who's who. Or I'd go to the library and get like books by Steve Allen where I had all the comics at the time and read about them. And this, just is, this is at what age? My whole life. I love, I love comedy. Crazy. I always love comedy. And so I always knew it. And then, so I told my dad when I was like 18, I was like, I want to be a comedian. I don't want to go to college. He's like, mm-hmm. well, you, no one's going to book you unless you have a college degree. I'm like, Dad, do you think I'm a complete fucking idiot? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the guys on TV? None of these people have college degrees. And uh, so I went to school for a year and dropped out. And I was like, I want to be a comedian. So in 1998, my dad was working at this place, and one of his friends was a comedian named Jeff Barrett. We went and saw him at Bonkers in Florida, and uh, Daniel Tosh actually opened for him and did like 10 minutes. It's like 1998, and he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking around that night listening to my headphones, just like going over the bit in my head, all the jokes. And, uh, but after that, I went up. So when I was 18, I was still living in Maryland, and... Um, I was working in a movie theater with my friend at 10, and I had this Judy Carter stand-up comedy, The Book, and I was showing my friend at 10. He was really funny. We were always making fun of everybody at the movie theater. Yeah. And I was like, dude, we should do an open mic night. And he's like, no way. And I'm like, come on. So I started telling all of everybody at the theater, I'm like, me and at 10 are going to do an open mic night. And in the oh, back crap. of the Judy Carter book, they had a glossary, and I called all these clubs in Maryland. The book was mm-hmm. kind of old, and they were, we closed, we closed. This one, Winchester's Pub on 102 Water Street in Baltimore. I was like, dude, Thursday night, open mic night. He's like, we've got to be 21 to get in. I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> me and all our little friends at the movie theater went. And they weren't going to let us in, but there was like nobody in there. And we had like eight friends. And they're like, fuck it, come on. And we did a yeah. two-man act where we had one mic. And I would say the setup, and he would do the punch. Yeah. And we went up, and we fucking – we didn't destroy, but we did good. Okay. And everyone at the movie theater – that was the first time people looked at me differently in mm-hmm. life. And I could notice a difference. Like, people always made fun of me. I was always kind of a goof. For real? Yeah, I was going to ask. All, all the time, yeah. I was just a goofy-ass person. I was an eccentric person. So they made fun of you because of – also, kids are just cruel, and they find the easiest things to tease about. But what was? But you feel like you got up more than normal, or what? No, I, I just, I just feel like everybody gets made fun of yes. growing up, and I just feel like uh, I, I liked getting made fun of or talk. I liked the attention. You, so this was you found a thing oh, though, early. This was like now it was like okay, cool. Like you can keep teasing the other kids, but like you can't tease me anymore because now I got this. I, I, yeah, right. I, I didn't mind the tip, but, but it's the first time like everybody thought I was a loser, and I, that's I, I never really. But, but that time when I did the comedy, they looked at me different. Right, like they had, they gave me respect, and I was like, oh okay, because I did something that I realized people were scared to do. Mm. And they respected me. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Because everybody, they were always these like alpha male men's men, but they were like, I wasn't going to beat them physically or getting girls or whatever, but I did something they didn't have the balls to do. And right. that made them respect and me. And that's why comedy is the fucking coolest thing ever. That's why the comedy is the coolest thing ever. And, uh, and so everybody talked about this thing. 
for the yeah. rest of the even my boss who always hated me and made fun of me he looked at me differently and I was like there's something to this your boss so, at where at the movie theater yeah, yeah. my boss at the movie yeah. theater so um, when I was 20 I tried out for Comic View at this place called Jokes on Us in Laurel Maryland and for I went up BET BET because you look at Eric Myers you think BET. that's, that's hey, BET material I'll tell you who's gonna love this guy yeah <laughs> slaves and powdered donuts yeah. <laughs> well I walked in and <laughs> sorry the slaves and powdered donuts I, did not do I just that love that pairing that one, that of one, things. That one really got me. I'm sorry. Powdered wigs. <laughs> I, I, powdered wigs. I'm powdered sorry. donuts. I walk in. The crowd is, I'm the only, uh, the crowd's all African-American. Yeah. And I walk in. Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> and I went up and I did, I remember I did, the crowd fucking loved me so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were Nervous? Hot. Were you nervous? Uh, nervous is not the word. It, I almost transcended my body. I was so scared. <laughs> because you'd how many God. performances, quote-unquote? Second. I'd done the one with Holy the 10. shit. I'd done the one with the 10 when I was 18. Now yeah. I'm 20. I didn't go on stage again. By yourself now? By myself. You didn't have a set-up punch guy with you? Right. No. And it was my friend Corey and Raina. I'm working at Pizza Hut now. Two years later, my friend Corey and Raina. Up in the world, and and like all the and it was um, you know primarily a black audience, and mm. uh, the crowd loved me so much, and I was like, I looked at that crowd, and I was like, these were these were people I had nothing in common with, yeah, and they loved me, and I was like, that's the power of comedy is yeah, just we're human beings, right? Because before it was beautiful, it was at least kind of like you said, your coworkers from yeah from the movie theater so they'll obviously give you the benefit of the doubt and it's right. like that's our guy we know him but these people you walk out they're assuming they're seeing a professional comedian someone's mm-hmm. a, someone who has done this a million times before and right. you're walking out that's your second time ever doing it yes that's insane yes and I got I didn't get on BET but I got to open for Jimmy Walker yes well sure so I got to do it dynamite like, I yeah to, I got to do it a month later and uh, I remember I did primarily like um, black rooms in Baltimore. That's yeah. where I started, and I watched Def Comedy Jam, and I love Chris Tucker, and that's kind of why I talk with that voice because I would do that voice. Oh I'm shit! Like, the crowds were so rowdy in Baltimore that I would, go, hey, what's up? And they would yeah. watch, and they would start laughing because I had that silly voice. So yeah. that, okay, as I was going to ask when that kind of uh, came into your act, right because, off the bat. Okay, because I love Chris Tucker. I had the best yeah. of Def Comedy Jam VHS, and I would watch him. And you emulate when you're starting out, and you don't sure. have your own style and point of view yet. You emulate who you like. I love Smokey on Friday, so I would do Smokey. Mm-hmm. And my nickname in college was Smokey because when my roommate first met me, he walked in the orientation day and I was smoking a joint in our room. And I was so fucking Please stunned. take me back there real quick and just give me that interaction. <laughs> I, and my, is he not a – he didn't smoke pot He at did all. smoke pot. Okay, cool. oh, okay. I, my first day at Towson University, my parents dropped me off and it was orientation day. And I was walking around with these shorts and I'm walking around and I'm baked. And the weed had – I had a hole in my shorts and the weed <laughs> fell out. So I'm walking around campus and they're taking all these kids on a tour and I go – fuck my weed and I'm running around and I see my bag of weed and there's a tour of people coming up and I run and I step on the weed and they walk yeah. by me and I'm just standing on the weed and I'm like welcome to Towson home of higher learning and they walk by me and I grab the weed <coughs> nobody saw it and then I, I went in my room and at the time, I was struggling with like really bad depression. I didn't want to be in college, so I didn't. People like you're so crazy. I'm like I didn't give a fuck about getting thrown or caught. I just yeah. didn't care. So I was just smoking weed in the room, and I couldn't find any alcohol. So I bought Robitussin, which is like 99 percent alcohol and makes Holy you trip. Holy shit! And I drank like a bunch of Robitussin. You use 99 percent alcohol? No, but it's a lot of alcohol. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah, and it makes you hallucinate if you drink a lot of it. Sure. So it's called Robitussin. It's like liquid Nyquil. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> Nyquil's got so much and mouthwash you can drink. What would you do? You remember some MacGyver of getting high and not not to give you a fucking cough 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 drop uh, flashback, but like what <laughs> when you would drink the Robitussin? Do you, I mean, what type of shit would you hallucinate? I didn't drink enough to super hallucinate okay. because I was kind of scared. I drank maybe like double the dose, but it made you like super tired and kind of drunk. But then you smoked pot. And I smoked pot. And I was laying in the bed and my roommates, we had suite mates. So we had two door room, then a bathroom that connected another two to the room. Yeah. All football players. So my, my football player, Jim and Chad, I remember they were drinking and listening to the Grease soundtrack. And they walked over to the room. <laughs> Wait, and it's like football players were listening to the Grease soundtrack? I swear to God, this was inauguration night. Fuck yeah, they were. And this Adam, is the toughest motherfuckers on the planet. Yeah, my man. roommate Adam hadn't moved in yet. So they walked tell over. Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me <laughs> Whoa. I love nice. Grease. So they're, you know, I think they were listening to the Grease 2 soundtrack, which was really fucking Oh, weird. how dare they? Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're right. going to ball. Oh, you can't I, even get the Grease 1 soundtrack. Does anybody I, know any of the songs from Grease 2? I can do two of them. Cool Rider and Bowling Funky, whatever. Bowling so, funky junk? What is it? Bowling, bowling funky junk. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're playing Coachella next year. <laughs> bowling, bowling funky junk. So I'm in bed tripping, and they walk over, like, hey, we're Corey and Jim, we're football, and we're listening to Grease. You want to come over? And I was like, huh? <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? That was I literally, like, I was like, I'm just sleeping. <laughs> and then the next day, I rolled a joint, and I'm smoking, and my roommate Adam comes in, and the whole room smells like weed, and he's like, He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, smoking a joint. He's like, I'm going to call you Smokey. And he smoked weed, too. He ended oh, up selling go. weed. And I, my name is Smokey. And then you would start doing that voice. I did the so voice. So an immediate reaction. You start doing it on stage, and people are just, like, responding to it. They loved it. ASAP. It, it got their attention, and they were already laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't really have jokes at the time. Well, I had one joke. second time on stage. I had one joke about my dad catching me jerking off. That was which, my only joke. Which is a classic. Which is a classic. <laughs> was it a true story? Did you, how much of it did you embellish? Uh, you know, I was like, I live at home with my parents, and they always know when you're jerking off because they always knock on the bathroom door. Eric, I've gone to Wendy's. Dad, leave me alone. I'm busy. Now it's to the point I can't jerk off with the sound of my dad's voice. <laughs> Eric, I've gone to Wendy's. What are you going to get, Dad? The big baking <laughs> classic. What are you going to get on it? They're going to slather the lettuce with mayonnaise. Say it slower. They're going to slather the lettuce. This was my opening joke. This was my only joke. Whoa, and I would, and I would jerk off the microphone. Yeah. And it was so filthy. Yeah, but it's... And it would either die or get a laugh. I mean, how could that ever not go well? That's well, that was my point. good joke, and I'd open with it. Yeah. Then I had two other jokes that weren't good. And oh, they're like, Eric, okay. you got to do your good joke last. And I was like, what do you mean? My other joke was about the retarded stripper. <laughs> I went to the strip club, the stripper was retarded. I gave him a dollar. Bitch gave me back four quarters. <laughs> <laughs> My mom oh. caught me jerking off. Well, she didn't catch me. I jumped down from behind the couch. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, bitch! <laughs> These were my jokes when I started comedy. <laughs> Jesus that, Christ. But like that. But like that bit it, it, with the dad and the wind. It's <laughs> so fucking good. I wouldn't go that far, but it, it was like it, that's a great bit, and that's your second time on stage. Well, that's also you're committing super hard, and and but I had been writing for years, right, right, right. And I had like I would tell my friends my bits. I would slip into conversation without telling them. You ever God, do that? Oh yeah. And they're like, I've oh man, it, yeah. that's funny. And I'm like, oh, they're like, you should do that as a bit. I'm like, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't never thought about that before. Because when you tell someone it's a bit, they don't laugh. They're like, right, right, right. Oh yeah, it's, I like because yeah, they don't want to be you know yeah, yeah practiced y- on. Yeah, you 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 can't say like, hey man, is this funny? No, never. Do it's that. never funny. 
me. Never do that. You have to just slip it in. It's right. like the guy who's like, look, man, I'm not racist, but, you know, and then it's like, well, <laughs> And they always say sure. something racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a buddy do that once where he was like. <laughs> but uh, I hate people that don't look like me. And you're like, that's not good. <laughs> well, oh, Jesus, man. That's very close-minded of you. Are you a child? Can you sign yourself off this lease? Yeah. I had a buddy you're once, a grown man and you think like that? That's once fucking me, sad. I had, a, I had a buddy once tell me a story. He goes, uh, uh, you know the people that would insert like the race of somebody that because they thought that was an imperative detail for the story? Yes. But it had nothing to do with it? Nothing. Absolutely. So you're like, oh, you're like, you're like a passive racist. <laughs> right. Where he would go like, he'd go like, oh man, dude, okay, Eric, dude, ho- crazy story. So fucking uh, Matt and I are at the park last week, right? right? And there's this giant group of pigeons, right? And Matt sees the pigeons and he runs up on the pigeons. Matt's black, by the way. And he runs up on the pigeons <laughs> and the pigeons fucking flip out and fly away. It so, was classic. Well, I mean. So then two I, things, yeah. I think that's an important detail to the story because now you know that he was running at the pigeons very quickly. For sure. <laughs> but also, then I... Because, you know, cause it, yeah. it, 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 if it's a white guy, it's like, oh, God, that probably took forever. For but, sure. <laughs> nice. But I, but as I'm not list- laughing. I'm not racist. But but as a, can but we as, edit this part out? No, no, but as a listener... They're I'm just like, going to play this clip when I become famous. <laughs> we found in t- 2015, Eric Baez. What did you think about the racist pigeons, Eric? <laughs> well, you know, the, the black man running at the pigeon, and I'm like, ha, ha! Yeah! They're like, hey, these fucking pieces of shit. So, okay, so the voice now, it, 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 was there ever a point where somebody, um, once you start getting booked on more and more shows, right? So after the Comic View thing, that yeah. got you a little more attention, yeah? And then you were able to, some more confidence, you go to, you start going to clubs and... I never had any confidence. I, every night I was like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing? But it, So it, did anybody... You, you still, like... Like, I still don't have any confidence. You still don't have confidence in, in, in your series. You crush. One of the best comics I've yeah, seen. Yeah, when you got out of here, I remember the first two days of you being here. Two days, man. And just already people being like, dude, you heard this guy, Eric Myers? Like, two days, man, of just crush city. It's never enough, dude. I'm a perfectionist. It's yeah. never Of course. It's never hard enough. I, I've seen you. <laughs> it's never hard enough. You've, I love it when you open for me. Because, I mean, it, it, you're the only person who lets me open for them. <laughs> really? I'm Really? And I'm not saying this to be egotistical. I'm well, saying that's, I, that's reality. Well, because I know you're not an egotistical guy. But, but you're the only comic who lets well, me open for that. Well, I mean, you cr- like, I, you've gotten standing ovations before I go on stage. Yeah, but you can follow me, no problem. Well, I, some people, not that they're not, but sure. some people are, I'm very high energy. Yes, you are. And some people, Don't want not that. that they're not hilarious comics, but it's just a different energy. Sure. Yeah, it's weird. And, I, and I can't understand that. If your energy doesn't match that, then it's like... But also, you're I don't know. You're, That's like, your why, job. Yeah, you're the head. Like people are coming out. This like, people are just it. coming in general. But yeah, yeah. People are coming. <laughs> yeah, I get it though, dude. Because you, you, your act is a fucking sh- entertaining show, and it's like nobody. Your your show is so good, nothing's going to throw it off. Brad also wants his whole show to be good, which Damn I think. Right. Like, so it's like you want. You know, why would you want somebody before you that's going to a bring the energy down, yeah, and right. not set you up, or b just not have people because comedy is subjective. So people, regardless of what you do, are going to walk out going, "Oh, I liked." And you know, obviously, audience members think that it is a competition where they're like, you know, we've all had it where they come out and go, this, "You and the second guy were the best," and you're right. like. It doesn't fucking. Doesn't we're not, why is there's it no ribbons here? Yeah, it's yeah. not. We're just trying to. That's so such that's an American funny. thing. Is everything? Of you are the best. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not. We're not playing basketball. No. Yeah. This is an art form. There's no trophy. There's no best. <laughs> there's no. But trophy. so that's gonna happen regardless. So it's yeah. like, why wouldn't you want them to walk out also? Which is uh, more often than not, I think, where people just go out. Oh man, what a great night! You know, right. and they just you know yeah. that guy and that guy and, and love to create that. Uh, it's like, like like that's why I have Adam. That's why I have you open for me, Eric. That's why I have you open for me because I I want the audience to walk out going, what the. 
fuck did we yeah. just see? But you're a rational person. <laughs> I mean, and, and the, you're a rational, down to earth person. And then, uh, in this town, people that. are what? Uh, we could probably argue that, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, but some people let their ego destroy their lot. E- ego yeah. is the death of comedy. Sure. You know, more people have been taken down by their ego than anything else. Yeah. Have, have people like, ever tried to tell you with that uh, voice when you started putting it on? Where did people be? Hey, man, like, don't like be you. Like, that's not how you talk. So yes, why would you all the time? And you never took it into consideration. Uh, no. Good for you, man. And it, it wasn't like that. It's just that it, oh, it wasn't like I did it to be stubborn or to prove a point or I thought I was right and they were wrong. I listen to what they say. People tell me that to this day and I, I try to tone it down, but it's like that's just what comes out when I get up there. Yeah. I can't just talk yeah. normal. And that's how... Like, but just be you. But I'm like, that is me. Yeah. That's how you are. That's, you know? that's normal Eric on stage. It's, it's like that. It, this is fucking just how... I mean, I, I don't do it as much of a character mm-hmm. as I was when I was younger. It was such a character. Now I kind of do it in the beginning yeah. and take it down and not... But that's just how it comes but out. But we're all a heightened version of ourselves on, because you're yeah. performing. So that's just where... Right. It's a, but the you thing, channel it that way. Right. The thing about comedy to me is it's a performance. It's, yeah. a, it's an entertainment. I think people... I, I, I see some people that just forget that. Yeah, right. You know? They just want it like... You can have great jokes, but hey, man, are you selling them? Um, do you, are you emotionally connected to them? Do you have... People also... Right. Yeah, the entertainment factor. I mean, and that's why... Uh, you know, uh, you can when people are like, "Oh, fucking," you know, Care Top is like not a funny comic. It's like, okay, well, like I, maybe because of the prop stuff, you're not even putting him in the comic boat. But like, he's animated and he's expressive, and, and he he's sells like, out every night, and he gets standing ovations. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, and so for someone to say to you, "Hey, man, don't do that voice," because that that that's not right. It's like, yeah, but then you look at the audience. That also comes from a place of jealousy and envy, Absolutely. too, where they're like, But oh, I don't want to be like everybody else. Yeah. It, it, but exactly. here's, the, here's the thing. I mean, we, we've all done the road for a number of years, and mm-hmm. it's like, look, I'm an artist. I, I respect comedy as an art form, and but it's also like, comedy's a weird thing. It's like, if the audience isn't laughing, it's bad. Mm-hmm. But you can't also go up there and just pander to the audience. Sure. But, but I, because I, I, so people, I think people don't like Carrot Top or Larry the Cable Guy or certain comp because they think they're just pandering. Or Froyo. For Froyo, <laughs> MC Froyo, because they think they're pandering to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. But I'm like, if you're on the road, are you going to go up and bomb and be like, I'm such an artist? Or are you going right. to go up and give them what they want? You have to find a happy medium. Yeah. You give them what you want, but they also like it. Did 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 the audience have a good time? Yes. Mission accomplished. Yeah, and I'm not saying you have to go up there and do the, the slip on a banana peel and just play with your dick the whole time. Wait, I mean, do you well, do that? Because I because because I do. That's that. my closer. See, that, Shit, <laughs> I pull my right. dick out and go. Ah! <laughs> hey, and my dad's like, was well, did kid? anybody get hurt? Yeah, what if, was anyone hurt <laughs> up in this motherfucker? What if the dad was like, was there a banana peel? Was there a banana peel? <laughs> well, then he didn't he didn't commit to the whole bit. Well, I people laugh at when he pulled his PP out. <laughs> I found it very entertaining. That's four callbacks at once. Well done. When did you? Um, uh, okay, so then you came out to LA and like, let's talk about that just transition. I didn't I, tell you about my first. Can oh, I tell you this one story? Yeah, yeah, fire away. My third time on stage, <laughs> I did the University of Maryland, and there was three hundred students the there. Terrapins. The Terrapins. Yeah. And the prize was five hundred dollars, and I go up. I'm the second contestant. The first okay. contestant is this eight-year-old child genius who goes to college. He's like Doogie Hauser. He goes up, does five minutes, destroys. He's eight years old, PG. I go up, do the mom jerk-off joke. <laughs> right out? <Boo! laughs> right out the gate. Right out the gate. This kid closes with like, and that's, and four plus five equals, I don't want to do my homework. Get out, everybody. And you're like, I'm jerking up behind my mom's couch. <laughs> well, no, he, he had closed with, this is his, clo- this is his closer. Okay. 
I asked my teacher, would you ever yell at me for something I didn't do? The teacher's like, of course not. He's like, good, because I didn't do my homework. <laughs> Crowd's laughing. I go up and be like, would you ask, I asked my teacher, would you ever yell at me for something I didn't do? I was like, bitch, I didn't do my homework because I was jerking off. I was jerking off. That's what you did? Boo! They covered the kid's ears and escorted him out. All my friends from Pizza Hut were there. All my friends from Pizza Hut. All my friends from Pizza Hut. This girl, Megan, I was in love with, who literally never talked to me. And uh, she came up to me in tears afterwards and goes, it was good. <laughs> Some of my friends haven't seen me from till that since Could you that not day. go back to Pizza Hut after that? I had to. That was my job. And everyone's like, Eric, man, you have such balls. I couldn't do it. Yeah, they loved you. The Pizza Hut gang, which, by the way... <laughs> That's uh, please uh, see. I'm talking about bands, by the way, with cool names. Yeah. If YouTube was called the Pizza Hut Gang, I mean, they'd, they'd still be killing. They'd it. still be killing. Uh, so you go back to Pizza Hut, and they're like, "Fuck yeah, dude, that was awesome!" Like, no, do you remember when I said that the the people at the movie theater looked at me with respect? Yeah, like the exact opposite of the Pizza <laughs> people. They looked at me like I was fuck you, Pizza Hut. <laughs> but if you were chasing a dream, I mean, Domino's from here on out. Yeah, yeah. But if I was chasing a dream, say I'm your cousin, yeah. I'm cousin Eric. I'm like, hey Adam, I'm gonna move out to uh, Nashville to become a country star. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Do you have a song? And I'm like, we're and I just can't sing. And I'm like, we're gonna get in. The, and you're like, Jesus Christ. That's how they looked at me, like Eric's oh, delusion. God, because he's oh, never man. gonna make. Because you would express the dream to, to the, uh, yeah. the rest of the Hut crew. Everyone and knew were, I wanted to be a comic. And, and then and then, so the, they're literally watching the dream essentially die. Right in front of, or so they, or so they think. Oh, it died. <laughs> it Eric, was uh, buried, and Eric, we had the fucking. Eric, funeral. why don't you take uh, deliveries tonight and uh, just go ahead and uh, this this next delivery is in fucking Des Moines, Iowa, and just go ahead and uh, drop that pizza off and, and look for an apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the land's cheap there. <laughs> but look, we've all bombed, but it's mm-hmm. almost like comedy's not about bombing; it's about I'm going to get up tomorrow. Right. So I was going to say, you did, so you bombed it's so freeing. hard. There's something free. It's so embarrassing and it's so defeating that it's almost like, well, fuck it, I faced it. Yeah. It's like I faced the fear. Yeah. And, and then, it's and never then that bad. To, and then you get to do it again. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so I'll just try again tomorrow. That drive home is never good. You're like, those no. fucking, fucking Brea. They don't know what comedy <laughs> is. No, it doesn't matter. Whoever's in the crowd, whatever city, you're like, the fucking Cincinnati. They're a bunch of pieces <laughs> of shit. It doesn't matter where you are. Those people are assholes. Wait, before we uh, go back to, um, you coming to LA? Any great Pizza Hut stories, man? I and give us some like inside, like because I've heard we've and all heard. That's when the and that's when Adam Ray's inner fat child spoke up and went. Well, I have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> any great Pizza Hut stories? Oh my god! I didn't lick my lips when I asked that question. <laughs> Eric, could, any great stories about the stuffed crust? <laughs> what do they put in the dipping sauce? <laughs> Talk slower. I develop a fat Te- kid. Fairy list. tears. We don't have. There's no great Pizza Hut stories. Well, like, Pizza Hut story. I'm t- <laughs> what great story? One time a guy calls and he's like, "I want breast sticks." <laughs> Long story short, I ended up fucking him in the ass. Okay, <laughs> there are no great pizza stories. <laughs> so now I am getting chased by the mafia <laughs> with a fucking eight-piece wings <laughs> under my arms, hey. and I'm like, "I need this story." I'm either gonna die or make this story. There are no great pizza stories. I delivered pizza. But I mean, like, what? Okay, so you didn't like run any crazy people that like? No, only in porn movies you knock on the door with the pizza and they're like, I don't have any money, but do you want to titty fuck me? I've and got I'm like, this yes. Snickers coochie. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, 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 like, when you bomb in that situation, then how do you like? Do you then immediately bounce back? Do you say? Fuck, I'm never doing this again. Do you? <laughs> I went up the next week and I did good. Awesome. And I was like, I never minded bombing because I was mm-hmm. like, I, I'll do whatever it takes to be the best comedian in the world. I love that. And I'm still like that. I, I, I love because some, sometimes 
And that's what I think really determines if, if people continue to be a comic uh, in this business is how they react the very first time oh, yeah. they that's bomb. It's a crossroads. Yeah. You get it and you either go, all right, well, that sucked. I don't want to feel like that again. So right. to prevent that, I'm going to stop doing it. Or sure. I'm going to just make sure that happens by putting in years more work afterwards. Right. But that was never even a question for you. You were like, I'm, I know. I mean, at what point did I mean? Do you realize like how long it's going to take to get really good, or you just like, oh, cool, like I didn't do well that time, so now I'll just keep going up and eventually get better. But it also sounds like you were having some good nights and some bad nights. You know what, man? It, it's almost like I don't want to become perfect, and you're never going to become perfect. You never. You know what? I asked, my grandfather told me uh, before he died. He was like, he was like really old, and I'm like, uh, he's like, Eric, life's not about getting stuff; it's about having something to do. And I think that's what comedy, you can get hmm. the nice iPhone and the car and the beautiful wife in the house. And it's like, but it's, you need something to do. You need that carrot to chase after. That's what life is. That's the fun. Dude, a thousand percent. You get something yeah. and the next day it's old. And you're going to want something. Wanting stuff never stops. Right. Greed never stops. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop. So it's that getting, that thing. But I want to be, the, I want people falling out of their fucking seats. They they do they already man. do, but you uh, want it on uh, like a giant. You want it on better. Like, I always. It's never. You good want it on an me. arena level. I, it's never good you? enough. I want the perfect act, the perfect jokes, yeah. the perfect performance. I, I mean, ugh, God, it's I, the only thing that's real. Comedy's the only actual art form where you don't have a director, you don't have a studio, you don't. You're the writer, you're the star, you're the choreographer, you're mm-hmm. the you're you. It's you. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want up there, uh, and, and and that's what it. That's that is what an art form is. There's no third party. Like, well, hey, I wrote this script. Well, hey, we need to add Vin Diesel and the top 40 hits to sell. And then the sure. movie becomes a piece of shit. Well, and also it's the only sort of art form, at least that I can think of, where there's just that immediate feedback. You immediately know. Like, if you do a painting, it, ta- <coughs> it takes you however long to do the painting. And then right. you put it up. And then it's like, then you have to have come, people come and stand in front of it for 30 <laughs> minutes to go on that. <laughs> and then, you know, whatever. But, like... Comedy, you say the joke, and right then you know. Was that good? Was you that know. bad? You know. Yeah. You know when a joke does not work. Did that? Yeah. Did that work or not? Yeah. And and, and that's the part that I love about it. So. I, w- I want to talk about a story, and this ties in, and, and however much you want to talk about your sobriety and that part of your life, sure. we can get into. But there's one story in particular that Mark Saratella, friend of the podcast, told me about, in which you went to the Comedy Underground in Seattle, and this can maybe segue into it. Uh, and I don't know exactly the um, details and, uh, of the story, but A, you hate flying, right? Hate it. So you took I'm a, scared of it. You took a 36-hour train ride to Seattle from Los Angeles. I did. Which, hey, can I tell you this? It's actually a very nice ride. It was beautiful, yeah. But yeah, it's fucking also 36 hours, sure. B- versus a two-and-a-half-hour plane ride. With no, I, I had no phone at the time. Oh, shit. I had a no Tetris possibilities. I had a magazine. You had, to, you had to stare out the window or make conversation with people or stand up and wave your dick around and hope people thought that was funny and yeah. want to talk to you. Uh, I talked, did, to, I talked to some 17-year-old girl who's reading, like, a knockoff Twilight. I know everything about this book series. He's like, and the main guy, Ethan, is a werebear. And I'm like, I'm so bored of my time. Like, how many Ethan. hours left? Yeah. Werebear? Is that, that, that's one of the dark characters of uh, Berenstain Bears. I did not know the about werebear. Yeah, was, she was the only person up at 3 in the morning. So I was like, I was talking to, like, Chelsea about this book series. It's like a, a teen goth fiction. Jesus. Okay. Every year they'll pump out a new creature with weird teeth that is that girls want to sleep with girl it's always like the bad boy but he's he has a dark secret that he's a werewolf or a yeah. vampire i'm a werewolf psych i'm a bat psych i'm yeah. a fucking kangaroo yeah psych i'm jewish 
Jewish. You're like, what? <laughs> oh, God, now, that, now that's horrifying. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, so, all right, so you go to the Comedy Underground, and a uh, great club, you do these shows. I know the story, Mark. Yeah, okay, so. Well, yeah, you tell it, man. Yeah. Some, I, yeah. Okay, so I get to the, I, I'm scared of flying. It's something I need to work on. So I get to the Comedy Underground a day early, because I want to do the open mic night, and uh, they don't have a hotel for me. Because it's Seafair in Seattle. Yeah, so all which if you don't know, that's a giant, like, hydroplane races. It's on Lake Washington. Yeah. I mean, just all sorts of, uh, you know, food and booze and everyone, people bring their boats to it's, watch all these hydroplane races. Right. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's beautiful, Seattle. Yeah. Everything's like The SeaTac Airport is the only available hotel, and that's until the next day. Okay. So, like, you can sleep in the green room of the club. The club is in the basement of a gigantic bar. Mm-hmm. So kind of right in the heart of Pioneer Square, which is next to the uh, Mariner Stadium, the Seahawks Stadium. Right next to the stadium, yeah. Kind of a shady area. A lot of homeless people outside. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean by that. Very shady area. And then they, they're also like the – I'm, I'm a big – I believe in ghosts and all that kind of stuff. So like the club is haunted. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I'm there That's what the guy said? Yeah. Okay. I'm a 34-year-old grown man, and I have all the lights on. So and I'm trying to fall asleep before the open mic ends because I don't want to be there alone. Because there are some couches in the green room. It's a spacious green room. And they have these horrible, like, the comedy tragedy masks. Yeah. And they're at night, they're creepy. And they have these Mardi Gras faces. So I wake up at 3 in the morning, I feel a chill. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so fucking freaked. Mm -hmm. I get my shoes on, I get my shirt on. I'm like... Now you're ghost hunter Eric Myers. I'm like, it's creepy downstairs. Have you been to Comedy Underground? Yeah, dude. Imagine being there by yourself at 3 in the morning. No, I don't want to. Stop talking about that for me. (laughs) And I'm like, Eric, you're 34 years old. You're a goddamn grown man. There's no such thing as ghosts. And then I hear, like, the air conditioner going on. I'm like, Jesus, God! So I run Wait, upstairs. What was the noise? What did it do that made you go? You know the air conditioner goes on? It's like, <laughs> you know how an air conditioner sounds when it goes on? <laughs> Not that. That's a, that's a ghost conditioner. It's Eric! <laughs> this is not the air conditioner. <laughs> this is the ghost of, you know, that's fucking you were, old, old man Hinkelstein, spirit of evil. Can I fucking that's when you were little subject. And when he was like, this is not an air conditioner. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. I want to do five minutes tomorrow. <laughs> You piece of shit. Ghost of past it. open micers. The ghost yeah. of past open micers. <laughs> and uh, I go upstairs, and I'm by myself. I have 40 days sober. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go upstairs, and I'm in a bar. It's 3 in the morning, and there's just every booze, every beer, oh everything. God. And I could have, and there's no, I, was, I didn't see any cameras up there. So there's the green room. This is. No, the green oh, no, room's okay. downstairs. Right. So mm-hmm. you went up to the bar. Upstairs is a bar. Still, yeah, that's right. But the bar's empty. Yeah. I'm in the bar by so myself. You had access to both levels. I didn't know that. I had access to both levels. Oh shit! So it's like being in the in a bar of like Applebee's or Outback. Like I have access to an entire bar. And if you a are alcohol. a boozer, this is heaven. And I'm scared, which is a trigger. Sure. And I'm on the road, which is a trigger. And I'm Ugh. an alcoholic, which is a trigger. And you're and, by yourself. Yeah. And, no and I'm like, you. and I'm 40 days sober. And I'm like, I, I was like, I have my phone. I, but I'm like, I can't call my sponsor. It's four in the morning. And I looked at all the booze, and I was just like, I don't know. Something taught me in AA. It's like. Just, you don't have to drink right now. I can drink in an hour. Like, the beer's still going to be there. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, let me oh, find I something see. to do for an hour. And okay. usually the craving goes away. So I just, I, I end up just falling asleep. Oh, <laughs> She's by yourself some time. Yeah, you say, I drink in an hour. Yeah. I'll drink at five. I'm yeah. not going to drink now. Wow. So I find something to do till five. And That's like, usually how I am with some of these candles. I go, all right, I can buy a Skittles candle tomorrow. <laughs> don't buy six right now. It's a problem. Um, but that right. was freaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he goes to the checkout line, and then he sees like all, all, all the candies. They put smaller and, ones with the phone, and those are his triggers. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so. There are an alarming number of candles in here. Alarming or maybe inviting. <laughs> maybe fucking figure out a different way to phrase that, Eric. 
Don't you? If there's one thing you, you can make is fun the of electricity my family, gonna go off? you can make fun of my family. You can make fun of my <laughs> fucking couch. I haven't seen that many candles since I saw the movie Dracula. What's going on? Nice. What? Were there a lot of candles in that movie? It's yeah, Dracula. he was in a castle. There was no electricity. All right, Jesus Christ! Expect me to know the fucking engineering <laughs> a- uh, layout of fucking Dracula's castle. Why don't you? All right. So then, okay. So then, uh, that, by far your craziest. I mean, like story to have to deal with post sober. Yeah. Oh, that was my craziest story. Okay. Uh, sober or drunk on the road? Well, so I want to use that to segue into just um, and however much you want to uh, uh, embark on it. But just when... I don't mind. You can ask me whatever, buddy. When it... Uh, when... What got you down that path? And uh, because obviously you're great now and crushing it on all levels. And you've sober for how many days now? 17 months on the 23rd. There you go, buddy. Yippers, right. skippers. Well done. Longest yeah. I've ever had. That's great, buddy. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but but what sort of I, I don't know if it, yeah, what starts it for you? At what age like or, what yeah, age did at, you at discover cuz right. you know, I, I know kids who uh you know, uh got really bad into it and Dare was the thing that introduced it because it was such a like here's, you know, weed makes cartoons funny and cookies even better and they're like fucking give it to me. I'm 9, you know. <laughs> so it's like When I th- what age did I discover I was an alcoholic? Yeah, like what or, or just when did you get a taste and go, "Oh shit, there's this isn't going to stop." Uh, I always kind of drank alcoholically. Um, I didn't touch anything till I was about 18. But um, I believe alcoholism, in my case, is genetic. Whereas mm-hmm. when you just start drinking... It for just, sure is. Yeah, I believe that. Um, I'm not a doctor or whatever. But I mean, the first time I drank, we were going to have a school assembly. My parents had this bottle of Captain Morgan. My parents never drank or did drugs. Mm-hmm. They're very nice people. Yeah, okay. and, uh, and I had a really nice childhood. So I was never abused. I was never molested. I was never like I had a nice. Maybe that's life. why you were looking to spice it up. I was looking to spice it up. <laughs> Things are too great. So you like go to mom and dad. This is your fault. You never molested me. If only you did, we could have prevented this entire thing. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna touch that. Yeah. Um, so I, no I, we, had bottle, we had this bottle of Captain Morgan's, and like my parents never drank it, so it was like 80 percent full. They only like brought yeah. out when company was over, or whatever. So uh, I would always look at that bottle of Captain Morgan's, and I was always like fascinated by it and I always had like all this anxiety and like self-consciousness so one morning before school I just took the Captain Bryan's and I smelled it or the Captain Morgan's <laughs> smelled it and I mixed it with root beer and I started drinking it and I started all the voices in my head all the negative thoughts all this all this constant anxiety just went away well, and I was like oh uh-oh. my god I feel great uh-oh. and I was like I want to feel like this all the time yeah. and then I ate these pineapple chunks I started drinking more Captain Morgan's <laughs> put water in it shaking it up so they couldn't tell anything was been taken out. And I go to school, and I throw up all over my desk. Pineapple chunks everywhere. Oh, and the geez. teacher comes up, and he goes, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I just shit all over my shirt. Oh, my he's, like, he's like, you need to go to the nurse. And I walk down the hall, and my friend goes, here. And I go, blah. And I speak oh, everywhere. And Which, dad, wait, 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 wait. Let's just stop to acknowledge that friend. He goes, hey, Eric, and you immediately puke. <laughs> so that kid immediately looks in the mirror and goes, fuck, maybe this is not the shirt or the <laughs> fucking haircut that's going to get yeah. me further in life because this kid just puked upon. That kid killed himself that night. Oh, no. <laughs> no, he didn't. Right, I'm kidding, kidding. I'm kidding. Here, can we hang out later? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh All my right. god, yeah. So you so go to the nurse. I go to the nurse, and I was like, I'm sick. And my dad took me home. He's like, You smell like alcohol really bad. He's like, I was like, Hey, no, no, no. I'm just sick. I'm just sick. And I think he knew what was going on. And then I started smoking weed because weed's easier to get in high school than booze. Mm-hmm. And with my friend Alex, so we'd smoke weed. And if I couldn't get weed, we would find booze somewhere. Uh, I had these, and then I started drinking. Then I went to college. I started uh, drinking like every day and smoking pot every day. Yeah, and I started where doing, it's encouraged and really acceptable. Yeah, but right. I did it by myself. And I didn't do Still? it. Still, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't do it to fit in. It was isolation. Okay. <coughs> it was just an escape. 
it was like an escape from reality and um yeah, it was just always like that. And was comedy like, was still, but you're still at this point like wanting to do comedy. Always wanted to do comedy. So yeah. did it uh, hinder or like? I mean, you wouldn't perform fucked up, would you? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. But still do well. Well, the di- the disease is kind of progressive. So when I first started drinking, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, until about twenty five, I would just drink at night, and mm-hmm. I'd be sick during okay. the day. And then I discovered Xanax, and I knew when I woke up in the morning, the hangover, I would take the Xanax and feel better. And if I had a couple of beers in the morning, then if I, if I kept drinking, I would, so I always oh, try geez. to control so it. All, so, like, you See, had that cover. Right. Oh, and then I would kind of binge worse. drink where I'd have a little while, because I got a DUI, mm-hmm. and then I got, uh, and I, I got court ordered to go to AA. So I was introduced to AA at about 22. Yeah. And I had like a 30 day sober. And at the time when you're an alcoholic, no one wants to go to AA, no one wants to not party. Right. Because life is still kind of good or something. And yeah. I didn't. I was like, fuck it. I don't want to be sober. I'm bored. I'm this sure. and that. But I realized I was attaching pleasure to those things. I was attaching uh, something fun to be at. But I was never having fun. It was just, gotcha. it was just abusing a substance. So, and it was only by yourself. You didn't have any partners in crime. I would drink with my friends. Yeah. But after a while, it got so bad that people thought I was sober. So when I relapsed, I would be alone. Ooh. And I didn't want people to know. Yeah, I, right, I, was, right, I didn't want right. people to see how fucked up I was. So you were good at hiding. Then. I was not good at hiding it. Okay. But I would have a little while sober, then I would binge for like a week, and then I would just fuck up my career. I'd be at like the funny yeah. bone and just get hammered, and they would fire yeah, me. Yeah, I think you were telling me when we were on the train to San Diego. All the time. When you were on stage, and they, what, did you? One time, um, I got arrested one time in between shows. In between shows? I was at the Cincinnati funny bone. Yeah. And they wouldn't let me drink at the club. Everybody knew my rap. So I had a backpack full of beer and Xanax. So I'd go, mm-hmm. I'd drink a little bit before the first show. I'm featuring for, uh, I forget, Bobby Slayton. Okay. So I go up and do my 30 minutes. Bobby comes on. And I can't drink at the club, so I go. There's like a Barnes & Noble in the shopping center. I know, I know the I place. go in the bathroom. Yep. I sit on the, in the toilet in the stall, lock the door, and start drinking and taking Xanax. And oh, I pass geez. out on the floor, and the cops arrest me. So by the time Bobby Slayton gets off stage... I'm being dragged out in handcuffs to the cop car. So everyone that just saw me on stage sees me getting arrested. This is my closer. <laughs> Got fired the Good next night, time. everybody. Good night, everybody. Literally, yeah. And I fucked up my career really bad. But you know what? It's like um, it was what it was. You know? well, and that sort of stuff sadly had to happen in order for you to truly get help and finally – and I finally realize what's kind of thing. Yeah, or, I don't believe anything happened. wrong? No, you're right. And I don't okay. believe anything happens by accident. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if I, can, if I can help people. A lot of people call me, man, that want to get sober or have issues. And I feel very fortunate that people are calling me for help. Yeah. Because like, you're a success story. Yeah, thank you. 18 months ago, I was, like, sleeping in the bushes. I remember walking up to the comedy store with just a bathing suit, no shirt, no shoes, and asking to go on stage. Right. And well, I, I'm really pissed I missed that night. I had a bag full of beer that I had stolen from Rite Aid. Wow, and I was like, "Can I get a stage?" And they're like, they're like, "You can't. We can't let you in here, Eric." And I'm like, "Why are you doing this to me?" And they go, "You're doing this to you." And I was like, "Oh, well, like the, wow." The amazing part no, like, it, is like what? when I saw. Wait, the wait, movie, yeah, wait. Uh, say that real quick. Wait, what? No, my name's gonna be on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> Eric's weeks. a paid. Wait, he is <laughs> a paid regular. Let's not brush over that. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> I was banned there. They wouldn't let me in. No, they they they, they wouldn't ban me, but they were like they banned me that. They didn't ban me that. Like, you have to leave right now. And then you got your shit together and <laughs> yeah. and and did what you got to do is and be around and go up and be not a piece of shit and be funny and nice. And then they obviously you when you when you were uh, cleaning in a great place to do what you do, then the store acknowledged it and. Yeah, yeah, your you, name's going to get on the wall. Yeah, you became was, a paid regular this year, right? Yeah, May 2nd was my first paid show. And that and and just so people understand, uh, Comedy Store just went through a 
management change. Yeah. And about when did that happen? Maybe like six, seven months ago. Yeah. Like, and I'm pretty sure you were the only person since then that's been passed. Am I wrong? Do you no. guys know Candace Thompson? Thompson? Candace Thompson, Earl Skakel. Yeah. Yeah, but who are all three. like yeah. so three people? Not very many in that time, yeah. and that and that's not to say that people aren't trying. There's still a ton of people trying, right. trying right. to be trying to be passed there, and you got passed. So the fact that you went from a place where you're walking up there in a bathing mm-hmm. suit. Yeah. By the way, they're not going to write your name on the wall. It's just going to be a picture of a bathing suit. <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> they had us vote. I voted yes. So <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some shorts with a palm tree on. Can it. I tell you this? Yeah. Um, you know Ricky Luna who hangs out at the store? No. He's one of the door guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh wait, yeah. Ricky. Okay. Okay. Ricky, he'd always be out front of the store handing out, like, the tour buses come up yeah. during yeah. the day at the comedy store, and he'd free hand tickets. out free tickets. Yeah. So I didn't have a cell phone, and I knew Ricky would always let me use his cell phone, you know? So um, I'm living with my friend, another comic, and I relapsed, and he's like, you can't stay here and drink. So I go, mm-hmm. fuck you. And I, I, I sleep in the bushes next to Trocodero on Sunset. There's that animal place. Holy and there's shit. these bushes. And I was sleeping in the bushes for like five days. What the fuck? Sleeping in the bushes for five days. I would steal beer from Rite Aid on Fairfax and Sunset. I would walk in, take a 30-pack, and walk out. No one ever stopped me. I would do this two or three times a day and just sit in the bushes and drink beer. And uh, I was fucked up. I lost my shoes, lost yeah. my wallet, lost my ID. Yeah. And... Uh, you might have sold your shoes. I might have beer. sold my shoes yeah. for a crack or something. So I'm like, fuck this. I can't. I'm fucked up. So mm-hmm. this was like 19 months ago. So I walk into the store, and I'm like, Ricky. He's like, oh, my God. What's wrong with you? I'm like, can I use your phone? I call my dad. I'm like, Dad, can you give me a bus ticket back to Florida? He's like, yeah, I will. Fuck. And I looked at all the names on the walls of the comedy store. And I grew up like idolizing this place, romanticizing this place. Sam Kennison, Polly Shore. And I was like, I can't leave. If I leave, I'm not coming back. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to stay here. And my dad's like okay and I hung up the phone and left and I drank for like two more days then got my sh- went to the hospital and got detoxed and that was that holy shit is that crazy as shit so that was your moment where that was like you, moment, you yeah. knew that if the bus comes and picks you up I wasn't coming the back. dream is dead my dream was to always to move to Hollywood and I moved to Florida to save up money to save my yeah. friend Carmen for like, I'll be for six months and I kept relapsing kept fucking up I think it was self-sabotaging or just a fear uh-huh. of success and I was like uh, but Eric when are you moving to Hollywood soon 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 and I, I would save up $500 and go buy Insert name a stupid fucking thing I don't need. For sure, sure. you were scared. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. scared. And I got out here and I was terrified. I get spots at the Laugh Factory and there'd be Crystal Leo, Whitney Comic, famous people. I'm like, I'm not I'm And not you get on them. But enough. you would do your thing, but you just couldn't see that because you were so, what, just filled with fear? And- filled with fear. My first show here was at the parlor. Yeah. And I almost, like, had a heart attack. Yeah, that's a, that's a scary place for those <laughs> who have never been there. Yeah. Parlor's not an easy crowd. No. Even for the most seasoned professional. You were sleeping in bushes 19 months ago, and yeah. now your name is about to be painted on the most prestigious club like in the world. It's fucking crazy, dude. Wow. It's crazy. That, uh, it's so crazy. That, and that, that's I'm, an actual true story. And I'm so fucking happy for you. Thanks, uh, man. For, mul- for multiple reasons. I mean, just because you're this guy that the other comics would always, we, would, we would always talk about on the road, like, God, Eric needs to stay sober. Eric yeah. needs to stay sober. All these comics root for you because we see what you're capable of. We see what you do on stage and the the brilliant sets that you put together. And Thanks, I man. and I don't say that half heartedly. Uh, and we're, we're just like God. If he stays sober, this guy's going to be a fucking monster. And so now you're it's now it's now you put the year together. Your name's going to the comedy store. You got ball. your special. And that was uh, your special dopeless romantic on Hulu, which right. which people can check out. Yeah. And you were just on Showtime. Yeah. You 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 just appeared on uh, Andrew Dice Clay's show, uh, and, and 
like now that you're putting together these months after months of sobriety, these amazing things are ha- are happening for you. It's crazy, and it's so good. Have and you- we're all so happy because we're just like fuck yes. He's fi- he's doing it. He's he's finally fucking doing it. Because he's we also living up to his potential. Yeah, we Brad also know. Gave, oh, go ahead. Uh, I remember Brad gave me paid guest spots. Yeah. If people aren't comics, no one pays you to do a guest spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Brad paid me, I think, like feature money to do guest spots for yeah. him and Brea. And at the time, if Brad had said that now, I'd be like, dude, you don't have to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I can't accept that. At the time, I was so poor. I was like, can you give me the check that night? Like, I, <laughs> well, yeah, rent, I was so rent. poor, I had no. Pride. Well, dude, yeah. I was like, please give me money. Rent, I can't. I need the rent for those bushes was not cheap. Yeah, <laughs> it was what very expensive. Twenty five dollars a night. This is West Hollywood bush. <laughs> <laughs> Even the bushes cost money. Uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> the homeless guy next to me, like I, <laughs> I shit in Beverly Hills. I ain't shit in these sidewalks like some vagabond. I shit out front of Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> we also know, too, as comics, too, just how, like, uh, a much of a black hole people can get sucked into. And, and some don't make it out of it, man. Yeah. As we, you know, like, and so. this town can be rough, dude. Dude, it's fuck. This you town's don't... an emotional clusterfuck. Uh, hey, yeah. here's a million dollars in your dreams. Oh, never mind. We're not going to pick up your show. Yeah, when, uh, when, what? Dude, when people were like, hey, Justin Bieber bought a monkey and peed in a trash can, I'm like, oh, and he's 20. He's 20. <laughs> and that's the craziness. <laughs> Dude, shouldn't we be applauding him that that's as crazy <laughs> that's as like, it's getting? That's like all he's doing. I mean, oh man, dude, if somebody videotaped me when I was twenty-one, <laughs> if somebody videotaped me now, I would, people would be like, Eric is a fucking psychopath. I'm like, yeah, yeah. but nobody want. You know, if you're famous, it's like, what do you? These people are twenty-two and they're millionaires. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck do you think they're doing? Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, and. But, but like, and the reason why, like, I paid you for the guest spots is a, I knew you needed the money, and b, I just wanted to keep you busy, and I and I wanted to keep you like doing shows because I mean, I, Idle Hands are absolutely the devil's plaything, and I I think you called me one time. It was like, Brad, I I I'm not getting spots. I need work. And I was like, Well, fuck, come out. Like, yeah. do yeah. shows. Yeah. You have to. You're yeah. also so humble, too, man. And that, like, people don't realize how far that goes. Like, to not... Because you know... I know you know how great you are, So, but you don't... I don't feel it. that way. <laughs> hey, and I'm not going to discourage you from... I mean, you should acknowledge it, but... Like, Some nights I'm like, I'm really funny. Some nights I look at my jokes, good. I'm like, what As the long fuck as you have, like, moments of that, because, <laughs> yeah. like, it's going to always continue to keep driving you. If you get complacent and you're just like, I'm fucking always great, then you're not going to be driven or try to push yourself or get better than where you are now. I don't but, feel great. <laughs> all right, well, that's... Maybe I'll give you a couple candles to take home with you. Because the Skittles candle... I don't feel that you. bad. <laughs> How dare you? I don't know. What Shots time's the what time's the seance? Shots fired. We're bringing up ghosts. But what I'm saying Christmas is like past. you're, but you're be, be humble about it too. So we're like, you know, you're grateful and yeah. you're and you're and also as it, people say, like you people want to work and be around people that aren't, um, uh, you know, uh, piece of, a piece of shit. Right. Yeah. So it's like uh, I don't know, you know, if, if that comes from your probably sounds like your parents are pretty good people and they've instilled that in you. As you, my mom is like the best person. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like uh, just like zero ego. Like my mom is just like uh, just the nicest person. So it's got to be a part of you too that was like I want to do right by them. Yeah, when you like were standing there in your fucking two piece and you were like, <laughs> I'm assuming it was a two piece. We never, I be we a, never got yeah. specific about what the bathing suit was, but for my own sake, uh, it was. A <laughs> 
it was Victoria's a C-string. secret collection. Yeah. It was a C-string. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, you probably had a moment where you're like, I mean, right? Like, you're if your parents are that, <laughs> you're like, I don't, like, fuck, man. If they hear about me, if there's a picture of me in the bushes sent to them, like, what are they going to think? Well, my dad would always bail me out whenever I got in trouble. My dad would, like, come rescue me. My parents drove to Iowa one time when I got thrown off a bus. From, I got thrown off a Greyhound bus from, from Florida. Florida. From Florida. Okay. From Florida. I was I got thrown off a Greyhound bus for drinking Sparks energy alcohol drinks in the bathroom. My parents Sparks. drove to Iowa. It was like 24 hours up and back. Yeah. My dad would always do shit for me <clears throat> wow. my whole life. And when my mom was like, we're not going to talk to you anymore, I was like, oh, man. I felt like when you're homeless and you have nothing and you don't know anyone in this town, you feel like you don't exist. Yeah. And people treat you so... And I lived in a homeless shelter for like a month and a half. This place called Path. And it was like... I was like, I'd rather be dead than be here. And it was like awful. And it was like... Ah, that's a whole other story. But it, it was just fucked up, dude. But I put myself in that place. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And but, I put myself in that place. But I, that's where I had to go to get sober. And you know? Yeah, because how, now how good does it feel when you've gotten yourself out of that place? You, dude, this morning I bought an iPhone 6 Plus yeah. with my debit card. Yeah, and I was like, the most money I've ever had in my life was twenty five hundred dollars, and that mm-hmm. was from doing the Dice Clay show, nice. and I spent that money in like a week because I bought a suit. <laughs> and Good. Uh, I bought this Tom Ford cologne that was like eight thousand dollars. It's made of like <laughs> okay. fucking. Well, somebody should have talked you out of that. Because <laughs> when you have low self esteem, you're like, I'm gonna have a fancy shirt and walk in the parlor and be cool, and yeah. that shit doesn't sort of fucking unicorn work. Unicorn fart cologne. Yeah. yeah. You ever but, buy a new outfit? No one notices. You're like, this shit costs eight thousand dollars. <laughs> These pants are made of fucking Gucci leather. Can someone fuck me? Or think I'm trying to be better than other people, and everyone here is wearing nicer shit than me. Uh. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, but it's like it's like, and it's not a super. You're on top of your shit, is what you're feeling right it's now. It's not a superficial thing, but it's like I'm becoming an adult. Yeah, like I'm yeah. paying my bills. Hey man, it takes a little time. We got a TV at our house. You know, I got food in my refrigerator. And that sounds really stupid. I never had shit like that. No, it, it like. <sighs> It doesn't sound And you're a stupid. comic. You know times are... You go sure. through times where you're like, you have oh, a yeah. bar, jar of peanut butter, and no. you're like, I might either die next week or get on... Yeah. Get on yeah. Beef yeah. Hopefully I can become a spokesman for peanut butter. <laughs> Otherwise... <laughs> yeah, you have weeks. You're like, can I please do five minutes for free? Dude, there, there, there's, yeah. there's just certain things. There's certain little milestones that you hit where you're like, holy crap, I'm doing this now. Like, it's it, crazy, it, it, man. This is kind of working now. Yeah. And, and I'm so... I'm so happy. That things are that things are coming together for you. I'm happy and for you guys, dude. I see you guys fucking movies, fucking <laughs> Showtime specials. It's like I know these guys. Well, and and the thing that I want to stress to you is how much how much people are rooting for you. Yeah, how much the comic community, certainly anyone who sees your shows. I remember uh, that uh, uh, one time when you opened for me, um, there was a group that came up to me that were also that were also in the program yeah and like they didn't know your story so then when they saw you they were fascinated by you and like and like that really yeah and (laughs) and and like the same way you tell me like people write you to be like hey i'm going through this i need help like you are becoming or you you are becoming and certainly have the opportunity to come that voice for those people and that you're you are going to help so many people when they see that when they see what's possible this is so this is so cool that this is happening for you right now that's, oh man that's awesome yeah I don't think I was supposed to say I was in 
I have to say I'm in 12-step meetings. I can't say much specifically. Sure. The reason for that is because if I say I'm with a certain thing and then they see me fuck up and I'm any right. kind of level of fame, they're like, oh, that thing doesn't work, so it could affect other people. Right. So right, I don't right. know. So, But I think I already, I don't know. So if I did say that and I broke a tradition, I do apologize. <laughs> um, but, but you know what, though? Like, uh and, and but we're all but we're all still here for you and you're and you're and you're doing great and from my other friends uh uh who are in the program i know that you're never done like no there's never a point where you're like i'm good <laughs> yeah no like, okay. like yeah yeah that never happens so no it's it's constantly working on is there yourself. a routine that you have to kind of like keep things in in check I have a routine I do every day, and if I don't do it, I'm like batshit crazy. And now is it, is it superstitional if you say it? Like, well, it, no, you- I did. because alcoholism, the disease of alcoholism, it's not about the drinking or the drugs are a symptom, and mm-hmm. then like you still have the ism in your brain. You see me and how I am. That's how I like. I have to meditate just to be in public and not make an ass of myself and talk to be like not horribly socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Take I have to meditate, do yoga, go to my meeting, and be like, okay, just go out and have fun and talk to people. Everyone likes you. No one's mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like just for me to interact and be normal in society takes work because I don't have the alcohol. So just for me right. to like go up to you and be like, hey Adam, how are you? Yeah, you have to. And you're like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, is Adam mad at me? Like my brain is crazy. <laughs> It's crazy. Well, from here on out, know that if I'm mad, it's because you didn't wear a bathing suit. <laughs> I have my routine. I go to the gym. Yeah. I do Kijong, which is kind of like Tai yeah. Chi. I do mm-hmm. yoga. I pray. I have a vision board. Then I go to my meeting from one to two, and then I um, eat lunch. I write jokes for half an hour, and then I take a nap, and then I go out and do shows. Sounds like a fucking And that's what I've been doing for 17 months. I Dude. don't break it. If I don't do my meditation in the morning or go to my meeting or do my pray or do my little vision board, I'm God, meditation. I keep Kevin Nealon preached hard on, on this podcast. It's the best about thing that. ever, I, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Skl- uh, Sklar Brothers just yeah, uh, just, just fuck about it. it yeah, really, man. It's it's really um, it's it's one of the hardest things to do is to quiet down your mind. But e- there's no wrong way to meditate. And even doing it for five minutes, there's a lot of guided meditations on YouTube. There's even like a chakra one that's ten minutes. And that you get to make up your own uh, mantra. mantra, right? Yeah, yeah. You can have pictures. I have a vision. You know what? I read a lot of self help books, and it's like you know most people don't get where they want in life because they don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. So it's like write down your goals. So I have like I'll Google image pictures of shit that I want, and I'll put it on the vision board and be like, what are the top five things that I want? It's kind of surprising. You're like, oh, I want that, and a lot of stuff really happens. I, I promise you. You will it, yeah? You kind of will it into your existence. I know that sounds kind of weird, but no, life's fucking weird. Dude, dude whatever it, it, works The fact that we're like, sitting here yeah. and I, life's crazy. And if you're trying to make sense, if you're trying to tell me what's going on out there, no one fucking knows. Yeah, and, and, but like the, the, the same way we talked earlier about how can someone get mad at you for doing the voice if, if it's causing people to laugh, how can anyone get mad at your routines or stuff that you believe in or things that, or things that you practice if it's a, allowing you to be successful in your sobriety. Right. I just don't see how anyone could be like, vision board. Like, it's like, no, fucker, it's working. Well, if it works for you, and that's what's, yes. I, it's so similar. I mean, stand up and life hand in hand like this, where it's like you figure out your style for stand up for what works for you and like how you prep for a show and, right. and your process for writing. But it's like for life, this is what works for you to set up, to, to be in a position to do your best. So right. it's like, uh, I mean, I don't know how much you uh, do. People, I mean, does your family know you meditate? Do people know that you, or do you kind of just go, oh, "Look, this is what this is what I do, and this is what works for me," and I'm gonna. Everybody knows, and it's like I'm very fascinated by the mind, the mentality of really successful people, and I see people like you and Brad who are just like always doing stuff. 
You know what I mean? Social media shows. It's like people see people become famous and they're like, oh, he was an overnight success. No one's an overnight success. <laughs> That's where the compare game, I feel like, is, no benefi- one. Yeah. is beneficial. Where you, you, know, you look at your peers and, and do kind of like, you know, compare <laughs> as far as like being like, should I ask yourself, like, am I doing enough? Right. You know, but when you're straight up looking like, he got that. Why did I get that? It's like, well, you're two completely different. And to, like you're on different paths, sure. you know. Yeah. But to use people as like a gauge of like, oh shit, like I feel like we're in the same boat of like sure. what's possible, you know. So it's like to uh, um, I all these people in my industry do this and yeah. do this well, so maybe that works. Maybe yeah. I should try that. Whatever that. Have is. Have you had any sort of like mentor or anybody who you've looked up to that you've become friends with now out here that has kind of like given you a piece of advice you've been on a show with or, or had any sort of like enlightening moment like that of, of? Oh yeah, I watch what people do. I watch what certain comics do. Um, the thing I really liked when I watched Chris D'Elia is that he was having so much fun up there laughing and it looked as if if the crowd wasn't laughing at all he didn't give a fuck because he was having such a good time and I started I started trying to get in that headspace of like just go up there and have a good time if I'm worried about somebody laughing at something it, it's not going to happen. And I also watch Gerard Carmichael, and I watch him just be so comfortable. And he's a genius, and he kills. But sometimes he'll say a new joke, and it'll be silent. Yeah. And he's the silence. It's fascinating watching. Here's the thing that I think is so fascinating about him is is public speaking is the number one fear in the world. Mm-hmm. And to see somebody go up and say a joke and no one laugh, which is most people's worst nightmare, right. and have him be totally unfazed by yeah. it, yeah. it's I'm it's just mind boggling. Look, I'm looking at him to see any. I'm like, there are no beads of sweat. Right. He just said something like, if I told you a joke, we were by ourselves, and I said you a joke, you didn't laugh at all. Mm-hmm. I'd be embarrassed. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, right? Right. Now imagine if there was you take your dick out just to compensate. I, I'd have to take my penis out <laughs> and, and it stuff it in his mouth <laughs> and hope for any kind wait, of reaction. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm already ashamed. I might as well, you know, have an orgasm. I'm already embarrassed. Sure. Right? Uh, but, uh, yeah, man. So I like, to, I like to watch people that aren't just don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because. Being fearless on stage is definitely an acquired skill. I mean, right? It just takes to get that comfortable where you uh, can completely just not give a fuck. Yeah. Like even, I even saw you at the, uh, the Wood. Which is a really scary crowd for me. It's in San Diego? Yeah. 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 All right. Good. And Adam crushed, and it's like, they're so drunk and rowdy, but you just like, you did awesome, but I mean, they were hanging, but it's like, it's like, if somebody talks. a lion, for sure. But that one guy was fucking, he said something to you, like, yeah. I'm a lesbian, or something. Right, Do you yeah. remember that guy he, in the yeah, something about being friends with lesbians, yeah, something. He said something, and Adam, I mean, every, like, a lesser comic would have had the guy overtake him. But Adam just, like, kept making fun of him so bad. But you did it in a way where you weren't, like... I used him to kind of, like... It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't trying to make him look stupid. You weren't taking jabs at him where he was like, fuck you. But you definitely get your, you know, and that's where how many... I mean, just, you know, countless times of having to tame the beast as a crowd in general to where you're also, like, you get your... uh, You get personally challenged where you're like, I can't... The audience (laughs) wants to feel like they can trust you're in control. And the moment you're not, it's just... So I think countless times of not being in control and trying to figure it out to where like now where things like that happen where I'm just right. like, okay, now I, I know that I'm going to like come out on top here. I just right. have to like, you know, um, figure out how. But also that guy was so fucked up. It was like, yeah, he, okay, this- he was an asshole. But you just kept like, you kept calling back to it and it was so fucking hilarious. And it was just like, it just made the show even better. Well, I mean, much like, uh, much like sobriety, like comedy, you're never 
done. You're never done. You have you have you have so much more to learn. <coughs> you have so much more to do, and you could always learn something new and learn a new skill and watch someone else and be like, oh my god, how did how did he or she do that? That's yeah. that's so cool. We and should comment by the way that we've been drinking around you this entire time. That that and too. We are insensitive fucks. <laughs> as much as we're sitting here being like, how do you do it? It's so great that you're fighting it, and I'm just fucking pouring glass of wine. I'm now, a beer but right that's now. not. I thought that was apple juice. <laughs> It is. And they smell the class. <laughs> Brad is hammered. Brad's just smoking crack for well, the last Brad's, hour. Brad's two beer. Brad. I, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Brad's actually fuck, shooting heroin into his arm. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> fuck you and your unicorn. Brad is two beer. Brad. I don't know what crack would actually do to that guy. <laughs> oh my god. I'm, I might grow. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Brad like a year and a half ago. <laughs> Do you remember that picture you had of you in Vegas at the ER? You, did you eat a pot brownie? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was on my birthday. Weren't you dehydrated? Yeah. Oh, well, Jesus. Yeah. That's when Instagram. I was like, Brad's dead? Yeah. I was so upset. I was so scared. Okay, I was so like, what? Brad? No text from any family member or person he was with. I just see him so him post. Him po- Maybe somebody else posted it. Yeah, well, of someone him. else posted it because I was in of him. <laughs> I was somebody, incapacitated. Dude, imagine my brother-in-law seeing, posted it. Seeing Kevin. your friend on yeah. his account, him passed out like, like white in the face against the wall in Vegas. <laughs> and then I think he just said like on the way to the hospital and I'm like, whoa man, like no hashtag he's okay or something. Yeah, like yeah. some sort of like <laughs> No. Uh, yeah, so so when I say in my special uh fuck you Kevin, uh yeah, that's who that was. Yeah. So thanks Kevin for scaring the crap out of people I care about. Oh uh, my God. Yeah. So that yeah, that was fun. Well uh <laughs> this has been uh one of the, the most fun podcasts we've had in a while. Absolutely. Oh we were we were recording? Jesus Christ, I didn't even... And start being funny now. Take a dig out. Take so, a dig out. Uh, so I says to the dog, <laughs> oh, God. you can't shit on the rug for free. <laughs> that's how we end. That's how we end. <laughs> I don't even know what I just said. <laughs>